the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. Holy God, our hope and strength, by the power of your Spirit, prepare the way in our hearts for the coming of your word so that we may see the glorious signs of your promise fulfilled through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Listen for God's word to you. In the days of Ahaz, Jotham's son and grandson of Judea's king Uzziah, Aram's king Rezin and Israel's king Pekah, Ramalia's son, came up to attack Jerusalem, but they couldn't overpower it. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Make it as deep as the grave or as high as the heaven. But Ahaz said, I won't ask. I won't test the Lord. Then Isaiah said, Listen, house of David. Isn't it enough for you to be tiresome for people that you are also tiresome before my God? Therefore, the Lord will give you a sign. The young woman is pregnant and is about to give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. He will eat butter and honey and learn to reject evil and choose good. Before the boy learns to reject evil and choose good, the land of the two kings you dread will be abandoned. The Lord will bring upon you, upon your people, and upon your families days unlike any that have come since the day Ephraim broke away from Judah, the king of Assyria. The words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Our second reading comes from the book of Matthew. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the words of our God endure forever. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. Joseph called him Jesus. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. The week before last, Professor Amy Jill Levine spoke to a gathering of curious Christians and Jews in Elmira. She pointed out the great list of famous Jewish men and outsider women that Matthew compiles as a record of Jesus' ancestors. About Joseph, Mary's husband, Dr. Levine quipped, once you read in the genealogy that Joseph's father was David, then you automatically know he's going to dream dreams, go down to Egypt, and rescue his family. All of which is true, and all of which unsettles me. Because when was the last time you decided something based on a dream? Dreams are shapeshifters. Circus tents turn into your 10th grade geometry class. Miss Jaquette turns around from writing on the chalkboard, and your mind reassembles her face into your Aunt Laura's. Dreams suspend the law of cause and effect. One moment you're standing in front of a crowd in just your underwear. The next, you're accosted by an angel of the Lord. God's messenger speaks to Joseph three times in the first two chapters of Matthew's gospel. Maybe he got used to it. But that first time, with the brilliance and clarity of the angel fading like mist in the morning light, I wonder what Joseph felt. I bet he felt so scared. Scared about what was about to happen to him, to Mary, and their lives. Because to marry this woman, pregnant with a child not his, his reputation as a righteous man, a rule follower and upstanding citizen, no longer applies. Best case scenario. He can keep it all hush-hush, pass the baby off as his, and live with his neighbor's silent judgment that he just couldn't wait to make things official. Worst case scenario, even if he believed Mary's story, Joseph's family and friends would not. How long before his social network pulled away? How long could Joseph stand being the object of other people's pity, other people's scorn? And really, how safe was Mary in all of this? Joseph wanted safety. What God gave him was a dream and a baby. Seventeen generations up Joseph's family tree, Ahaz wanted the same thing, safety. The kingdoms of Aram and Israel were mounting war against Judah, and Ahaz was afraid. He needed muscle and found it in the burgeoning Assyrian Empire and its king, Tiglath-Pileser. Through the prophet Isaiah, the Holy One had insisted, Stay calm, don't fear, don't lose heart. But Ahaz wasn't calm, and his courage and his wits were fading fast. So again, the Holy One spoke to Ahaz through Isaiah. Here's a sign. Are you paying attention? See that pregnant woman? Her child will be named Emmanuel. God is with you. 
trust me. A prophecy and a baby. Not much to go on. Now, if your copy of Isaiah, like Matthew's copy, says that a virgin will give birth, you would think the miracle would catch Ahaz's attention. But regardless of how you parse and pour over Isaiah chapter 7, the second book of Kings fills in the details about what Ahaz did next. Ahaz sent messengers to King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and rescue me from the hand of the king of Aram and from the hand of the king of Israel who are attacking me. Ahaz also took the silver and gold found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house and sent a present to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria listened to him. The king of Assyria marched up against Damascus and took it, carrying its people captive to Kir. Then he killed Rezin. Ahaz received a sign from God and decided to seek his safety elsewhere. As a result, scripture is not kind to his memory. But then, hindsight is twenty-twenty. In the moment, with fear gripping my chest, with anxiety and adrenaline rushing through my blood, I'm not sure I would do any better than Ahaz. Fear demands solid solutions. Not a wisp of dream or a puff of prophecy. Fear looks for strength in the obvious places. The biggest armies a well-defended fortress, or cold, hard cash. Babies are hardly an obvious sign of deliverance. They're more likely to be signs of trouble. On a visit to my friends Ani and Zane and their three-month-old twins, I got a crash course in keeping babies happy. Between feedings and diaper changes and naps and Entertaining them, it is not easy. Ani left the babies with me while she ran an errand. A 15-minute trip that turned into an hour-long ordeal. The whole time, baby Finn would scream at the top of her lungs unless I was holding her and moving, no sitting allowed. Every time Finn yelled at me, I'd glance over at her sister nervously, Ollie slept through the entire episode, but what if she woke up? How could I possibly bounce a collective 24 pounds of indignant infant in my arms? But then again, maybe babies are the perfect sign to announce God's saving intentions. Because at the end of the day, when dealing with infants or anyone else, I can't do it all myself. None of us can keep toddlers or teenagers or grown adults perfectly happy and safe. And none of us, when caring for our neighbors, small and large, can guarantee our own security. At some point, when the candidates for strength, 
turn out empty, or turn against us, we fall back on the vulnerable might of the God who saves. And that is what God promises to do again and again, save, rescue, deliver. Name the child Jesus, the angel of the Lord instructs. Jesus, as in Yezu, as in Yeshua, as in Joshua. Name him Joshua, meaning God saves, a common name to describe God's constant activity. Name him Joshua, Yeshua, Yezu, Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. I learned recently that in the world of the Old Testament prophets and poets, the verb most associated with salvation from sin, the verb our Bibles render as forgive, is in fact the verb to carry. In the mystery of salvation, Jesus carries away our sins. Through his ministry, on the cross, in his resurrection life. In Jesus, the love of God made flesh and bone, God carries us when we cannot carry ourselves. Like the toddler that the poet of Psalm 131 carries with her. God calms us, bouncing us in the everlasting arms. Beloved, these weeks leading up to Christmas, this season called Advent, named for the arrival we celebrate on Christmas Eve, named for the arrival the Church still yearns to see, this time frees us from the pretense that we can do it all or have it all. Instead, Advent ushers us into paradox. The one who holds us like infants will save us, but only when we abandon our pursuit of salvation, salvation in muscle and money and weapons and walls. Friends, the fears that keep each of us up at night look different but they rob us all of the same sleep. So what can we do when fear grips us tight? What do we do with the fear we grasp onto? Advent invites us, loosen your grip. Hold your fear like a baby. Feel it squirm, hear it whimper or yell. But don't drop it. That rarely works out for problems and never works out for babies. Hold your fear the way God holds you. Tenderly, with compassion. You might ask your fear, what's going on? What do you need? Feel free to respond the way Ani and Zane do to their three-month-olds. Sweetheart, I know that you're trying to tell me something, but I just don't speak baby. Holding fear like a baby doesn't guarantee we can control it, but it does mean fear won't control us. 
and just as the one who comes to Joseph and Mary as a newborn defies their best intentions to do it right the first time, we, like those scared parents, can only rely on the grace of God. Welcome to Advent, friends. Greet the promise of salvation. It is God's promise. Wrapped in fragile skin, wrapped in a story that beats anything we can imagine. For this gift of grace, let us offer all glory and gratitude to God. Creator of the stars of night, day spring from on high, flame of love in our hearts. Amen.